Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, the only watch podcast that knows if it needs to be lonely, then it'd just rather be alone. You have made it all the way to episode 241 on your journey through horological hell. Horological hell. Can we, can we do a TBWS memoirs and call it your journey through horological hell? And have it just yeah. be a riff on like Dante's Inferno, where each different circle of our horological hell is just an aspect of watch collecting that we hate. So a literary work on par with Dante's Inferno. I'm not uh, reaching but... too high, am I? <laughs> I mean, if the book deal comes, I mean, book whatever. deal. We're self-publishing. This is the future, dude. All right, <laughs> we need a book deal. Uh, yeah, I'm up for it. Perfect. Hello, Michael. I still get excited. I still get excited when I hit record. This is the best. This is the best part of the week. Butterflies in my tummy. <laughs> I hear your voice. I'm telling you, man. Uh, this is gonna be a fun one. This is gonna be a really good episode, actually, because I have very little to contribute. Well, <laughs> I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's gonna be good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what we're gonna do. So this is actually a really, really, really cool episode. So we um we did a Q and A episode. <clears throat> I think episode two hundred forty was a Q and A episode, and we had done basically, we had asked for submissions for Q and A topics from folks, and we got a ton of fantastic, <laughs> just like fantastic questions. All of them were totally appropriate. None of them were just like, like you know. <sighs> closet like dick jokes or something like like it's just they're all fairly benign and actually very thoughtful and so that was nice but we did have a lot of um questions that were submitted that really honestly were episodes like there's no yeah. way you could answer some of the questions folks that folk that folks sent in in like five minutes like michael and i talk fast but, but we, we, we can't talk we can't we can't talk that fast um, so what we wanted to do is grab some, isolate them, and turn them into episodes, and that's what this is. Episode 241, huge motherfucking shout out to, I can actually say this person's handle, because it, it doesn't it doesn't have weird characters. Super uh, easy. This is just about time official, just underscore about underscore time underscore official. Bam, shout out to you for asking, um, how did they word this question? I, I, I deleted what I wrote down. Uh, let's, uh, let me, I want to read it word it for word. I'm going to pull it up. Pull it up. Should have, should have pulled it up beforehand. Boot up the keep... old Pentium, <laughs> the old the Pentium processor. I'm on, I'm on a Palm Treo, Palm Pilot. <laughs> I kind of wish those were still cool. Oh, they anyway. were, they were so cool. Someone was from All the right. future if they busted out a Palm Pilot, dude. Here's, here's the question. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite top 10 or five? chill with a 10 dude like this might be five uh what's your what's your favorite podcast (laughs) what's your favorite top 10 or five military style watches and their more affordable counterparts slash homages it's good i mean that and that you know i saw that question and i was like yeah that's like a really good question but um you, you know you brought you brought up the great idea of taking a, a look back at some of these and maybe dedicating an episode to a couple of them and that's just that's just the first one that came to mind when you recommended that so when you you asked me what we uh should talk about today which is how the podcast planning works like the 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 (laughs) pre-planning is just i mean that ended episode uh 104 (laughs) (laughs) they generally so so us planning for the podcast usually consists of maybe 
an hour before or the night before, I'll be in bed and I'll be like, oh shit, we got to record tomorrow. And I'll text Michael, hey, what do you want to talk about? And then that's it. Yeah. And then Michael will be like, oh, well, what if we did this? And be like, all right, perfect. Or it'll be, it'll be just, oh, let's just wing it. So we, um, we should probably maybe get more, should we get more? You know what's funny? I do think we do actually do more episode planning for some of our, like, reoccurring topics. So, like, the brands yeah. we know nothing about. And everything. But for the most part, we're generally just shooting from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what this one is. Um, some of the, some of the biggest, I guess, you know, we can, we can talk about military watches in general. And, uh, as you know, I, I kind of, that's probably my, my favorite space in watch collecting. And the more, the more you dig into that, the more you realize how much of a, a well, a lot of it is just a marketing scam. Mm. Uh, and I, I've, I've said quite a few times that mil spec is one of the funniest things to, to kind of peacock over in in your marketing because mil spec usually just means like, you know, the contractor that followed the spec sheet for the cheapest price possible. Yeah. Uh, and in the cheapest way possible in many cases. So, I mean, all the marketing around like military, not all for the most part, the marketing on military watches, just, it's just, it creates a thin veneer of, I don't know, toxic masculinity, authenticism, like, oh, like, oh, I bought, this is an authentic military watch. Like, I'm, 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 I'm emboldening my self-proclaimed, I don't know, masculinity. I feel, I feel like I'm probably reading into it too much. I am, I am prone to that, but like, I just, it, it makes me cringe sometimes when I see, when I see like, watch ads or just like, just folks talking about military watches and not you. I like you, Michael. I think you're very different in regards to like the spectrum. You're different. You're one of the good ones. But like, just for the most part, it is an odd space. I feel like you know what I mean. Well, whether you're reading into it too much or not, I mean that the bottom line is that it's happening. So mm. that that could just simply be a sign of poor marketing, uh, <laughs> just in general. So, I mean, th- there's there's a lot there's a lot to uncover when you get into this space and. Believe me, there are brands out there that just use that as the biggest crutch, the whole tough guy marketing to fanboys kind of thing. Right. And, um, and it, you know, it works, but you, you end up with a lot of people probably overpaying for some really bad watches. That, can we, can we start yeah. a military watch brand and call, just call it like, 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 like Big Dick McGee or something like that? <laughs> and like the, the logo is just someone just doing push ups angrily, like in the dark. Actually, how the fuck can you do that as a logo in the dark? That, that could take off. I mean, that could, could really take off. Yeah. You know? Big Dick McGee. Oh, whoa, 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 what are you wearing, Big Dick McGee? Dude, nice. I've already got some ideas. I love their summer releases, right? It's just so bold. I could totally see this being an actual conversation two dudes have in an elevator with their shirts <laughs> on or off. It, it depends. I'm not sure. Uh, I almost... Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go back and censor anything. I almost said something like that. <laughs> You're tired of going back and censoring things. Michael, for the 241st time, would you like to make history with me? Would you like to do an audio wrist check? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> what, are you, what are you wearing? What do I'm you got excited. on, man? I've got something that's never been on the show before. It's the I'm wearing a Casio F91W. Dash three. Wait, have we never had this watch on the show before? 
I don't think I don't think any of us have worn one of these. I I've I haven't had one since I was since I was younger. So that's so is, funny. I recently <laughs> I recently got really really Casio three button Casio obsessed. Yeah. And um you know these these things are so they're so affordable and I Really, is a truck gonna drive by now? Yeah, no, dude. Get the get, get, ask the truck dude. driver what, what, what their thoughts <laughs> what are. You, what you wearing? Um, so I I got I got into I got really into these vintagey three button Casios a, a few weeks back, and I wanted to. I was curious about how deep the rabbit hole goes. How snobby can a space get? No matter what that space is in watch collecting. And hmm. it turns out that you can get very snobby with three button Casios. So being the poser that I am, I'm like, I want one, but I want one that's like a little bit different. So of course, <laughs> that's one. okay. Well, I also think it looks cooler. So it's the F91W, but there's a version that's dash three. And the only difference is that the little border around the the face is green. It's like a really deep, almost laser green or something oh i see the, the like it's just a little line it's like a, like a like a little like thin green line yeah i just like the color a little bit more it's not hard to get or anything it's not like unobtainium or anything but um but yeah i i i picked this up uh a little while back and uh there's another one i think it's the f84 which is an even smaller more 80s inspired one that that casio makes um and they're just fun man like i i i wear it to the to the gym or on runs or just you know at home it, it and it gets you like it reminds me of a time when i used to have these uh these older casios with the amber the amber light in the corner yeah and oh, as a yeah. kid i just i'd go under the covers and like push the button to it was see so like cool. how, how bright it could get it's not amber anymore at some point they changed it to like uh a green LED. It's green now. Yeah. It's still moderately useless because it's just in the corner. And if you light it up at night, you only get half the time. <laughs> I can only think of really very few diehard situations where that inner illuminating mechanism would save my life. Yeah. <laughs> or really serve any sort of function. Yeah. But to a kid, it's like the coolest thing ever. It is. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's kind of cool, um, just some something simple to wear. And they, I mean, there there are some folks on, you know, online that go nuts collecting every single version. Oddly, oddly, quite a few from Spain and mm. uh, Thailand. Interesting. Maybe there maybe there are just some crazy cool ones out there because you can. When it comes to these three three button Casios, there are older versions that came before the f91 uh i think a bunch of them actually and you know some of them might have been made in thailand some of them might have been made in korea um some of them have like steel made in japan case backs and those are super desirable you can you can go on ebay and sort for fun sort from most expensive to lowest <laughs> price and you're just like what there's some are crazy people shit paying out there. For, for some of these like super special ones and I mean, I guess there's a, it could be weird to say, but I, I guess there's a collector for everything, really. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so some people are obsessed over these. So are we getting an F9 1W review on the site at some point? I thought that we had one, but we, we don't. We had the A190 something. That's yes. the one on steel, That's, which is I think I did like the same version. Did I do that one? No, I think that was uh, someone else. What else? Because I, I did, I've done a couple Casio write-ups before. Yeah. And I can't keep it all straight anymore. Yeah, the website's been around for a while. <laughs> but I, I yeah i would love to i would love to review this and then compare it to the other one uh it's kind of cool like they they're small man i mean and i don't have the the biggest wrist but with with these i actually really like to wear them um flipped so like on, flipped? The in, on the inside of my wrist oh cool so okay like, like i was playing music this morning it was kind of cool to just like have my you know my guitar or whatever and just look down and see see the time yeah flipping so there's a fire i was gonna say it sounds like the fashion police just heard what you said and they're like oh we gotta get this motherfucker right now (laughs) it is 2022 flip your watch up yeah fashion police no that's cool that's pretty bad the thing is it's easier or i mean to your point i think it's nicer to do that to to where the watch sort of flipped if it's not gigantic yeah it's I've seen folks do that with giant watches and I'm like, whatever, dude, you know what I mean? But like with this, I can see it making sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit. <laughs> is that, is that going to come up in the show? We'll get into that a little bit. Nice. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm wearing. You know, cheap thrills. Uh, I, I think, you know, if, if you have like a spare, I don't know, fifteen bucks. I was gonna say, I think it's like fifteen bucks on Amazon right now. I've I've read of people getting them for even less on Amazon, like under. There's, I think there's a top, one of the top reviews on Amazon for the F ninety one is like I, I snagged them when they were under ten dollars. I bought four, <laughs> so they've they've dipped, and apparently, Casio claims to make. I forgot what the number was, like three million of these per year or something like that. Yeah. So, ah, damn, dude. That's I might, cool. I might, I might get another one. I, I, I kind of want this one, and I want the, the, the other one with the, the blue ring. But I want to put it on a NATO. That'd be kind of cool. I was gonna ask. So you have to get like an adapter. You have right? to get an adapter. There's a subreddit. There's a subreddit, literally called F91Ws on NATOs. God damn it. <laughs> and it's. And I, it's just, it's like porn at this point. I'm like, these things look so cool. <laughs> That's badass. Do it. I, I yeah. totally encourage this this uh, this uh, this decision. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got on today. Fun. Like an actual, this is an actual sweatpants watch, you know? It's a fine sweatpants watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I would argue it's potentially like, it's not quote unquote a military watch, but... I'm sure a lot of folks that are enlisted are just wearing this. Yeah, yeah, we can we can get into that, but that's you're 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 totally right. This is this is totally on on uh on some wrists out there. You know, so good. Is it is that my go? Is that my turn? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about cheap thrills, Michael? Let's do it. <laughs> I feel like I, we're I feel like we're coming back to our roots. Like back to what's our all this roots. like grand. Grand Seiko garbage, IWC. I threw that. I threw my Grand Seiko in the garbage disposal. It's gone now. <laughs> no, it's not. I would, I, would, I, would, I would literally probably slip my own fucking throat. 
<laughs> over like you know the sink if I did that but no um, <laughs> so I'm continuing my saga of 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 just this 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 pain I'm putting myself through just a gauntlet of pain seeking out and reviewing watches that generally seem to live outside of traditional watch neck beardery so um, I did the Vincero what else uh, what else have we got on here so I did the Vincero watch review fucking stupid just a just a very stupid watch um, I did the Michael Kors Michael Kors watch review I'm 50-50 on that watch I thought it was stupid for me but I could see if someone else liked that watch yeah sure go for it a little expensive for what you get and next up on my journey of pain on my, my, my journey of self-induced pain, I'm reviewing a fossil watch, which, very interestingly, I have to keep two feet away from me right now. Are you getting any interference? No, there's no more interference. We're, we're going through this. I don't know if it's where where Kaz is staying now, uh, it, you know, uh, but depending on the watch near him, I get this weird, you know, electrical interference that comes through his, his mic or whatever. And only happened so it happened with the Michael Kors watch and it's happened with this fossil watch that's what I'm, I'm wearing no, no I'm not wearing it it's fucking two feet away from me right now <laughs> that's what I have in my presence for the for the wrist check this fossil watch interestingly Michael Kors watches are made by fossil so maybe fossil is just wiretapping me only me very possible it's entirely possible fossil if you're listening fossil i know you're listening to me because you're wiretapping me the resources you're using to tap to wiretap me to i assume hear my take or get some insight into how you can make your watch cool you could just write me a check and uh i'll just (laughs) tell you what makes watches cool at least to me you know what i mean but no i'm the the next up on my journey of pain is this fossil watch uh in particular it is this fossil three-hand minimalist series uh, with the bracelet. So the minimalist series from Fossil has an option for uh, a leather strap, but I opted for the bracelet particularly because anything under 100 bucks, and I put this in, uh, I'm putting this in my review, anything under 100 bucks with the bracelet, there's an immediate understanding of, oh, that, that's going to be a dog shit bracelet. That, that bracelet's literally going to be made of dog shit spray-painted silver or gold or god metal or whatever the fuck. Um, and I wanted the worst possible like version of this watch and so I ordered that and um, I actually like it <laughs> it's so the I'm not going to touch it I really want to touch it but I don't want to cause the stupid radio interference bullshit but the um, so the minimalist series is very thin obviously it's like it's got to be like five or six millimeters thin the watch case it looks very very thin it's fantastically thin and the bracelet is equally as thin so what's interesting is wearing experience is very nice but that's sort of counterpointed by the fact that this watch is fucking gigantic it's it's giant helicopters land on it when i'm just walking on the street because it looks like a fucking helipad it's huge it's 45 millimeters in diameter and 53 millimeters lug to lug those are in the, this thing's pushing in victim numbers, man. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking huge, but it's a bit balanced by the fact that it's so thin. So like, I actually kind of enjoy um, wearing it. 
what's interesting, I think, is because it's so thin, it actually feels like it's pretty solid quality. So the bracelet itself, I mentioned, is really thin. It's probably only like a couple or three millimeters uh, thin, the bracelet. And because the bracelet is so thin, it doesn't have that sense of like, oh, it's taking up mass, but it feels weirdly hollow and janky. Like it actually feels, the end links are solid. If that gives you any insight. I bet you didn't wear it to dinner last night though. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> I wore my Seamaster to dinner last night. <laughs> Heck yes. <laughs> That is big. It does look. It, it does look like it. Uh, it doesn't have dumb lugs though. It, the the lugs are thoughtful in some way. They, the lugs pull down really deep because they know this is a very lug to lug large watch, and the mm-hmm. thinness of the case would only be accentuated if the lugs were just straight, like vampire fangs. But instead, mm-hmm. it has almost like a UFO shape. Oh, other really funny thing that is a domed crystal on there. Is, is it like a mineral glass? Probably. Sounds like it. It is yeah. a very slight don't. I'm I'm like surprisingly impressed by this watch for under a hundred bucks. Um, the three hand quartz movement. The hands are loomed, but it's just it's just it's it's li- it's literally stupid. It's it doesn't it doesn't work. I I don't I don't even know why they put a loom on it. I don't want to But um, probably because that's just how the hands came. But. But that's what I'm wearing now. Oh, and the bracelet is quick change. Well, that's kind of cool. I had an easier time changing this bracelet than I did on my fucking, like, Seamaster. <laughs> where I was, like, I was fighting my Seamaster like Ben Stiller was fighting that dog, I think, in um, There's Something About Mary. Was, was, was it was There's Something About Mary? Remember when he's, he's fighting the dog in the bathroom? What movie was that? I think that? I think that's the right movie. That sounds like the right... That sounds like the right... 20 to 20 year too late pop culture reference right i think <laughs> right actor right movie for sure <laughs> that's but that's what i had to do with the seamaster bracelet. i was i was straight up just fighting that motherfucker dude but this thing was it was very nice it was very nice to change the bracelet and the size it was pretty straightforward and um that's one I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing it now because it's it'll fucking call cthulhu i guess if i wear it on air but um i'm very surprised it's actually su- surprisingly decent quality so um obviously there's some other pros and some other cons and so i'm working on that for the for the review on the site sweet deal yeah man oh should we uh should we do some quick well, well how, what time okay we're at about 20-ish minutes okay we're good on time we're good, we're good, we're good. uh you want to do some quick shall we do some quick housekeeping and then shall we just just roll into the main topic with your rolling yeah. r's Ro. roll i can't i can't carro I can okay, I can only do the the R roll like in the back of my mouth. I can't do it like in the front. I can't do it like in the cool way in the front of my. Mouth. I gotta do it in the back of my mouth like I'm choking on like something. You know what I mean? It's tough, man. My my native tongue is long gone, but I can still I can still do those. Is it is it like the front of the mouth? It's it's more the front, yeah. So if we just combine our tongues together, maybe we can somehow get to get get the right R sound. Very soon, we very- might be in the same place. Very soon. Don't don't spoil it for the kids, Michael. What are you doing? <laughs> well, here, let's let's do some housekeeping. Everyone, go to twobookwashnabs.com. Um, we're basically updating this thing every week. We are making up for motherfucking lost time. Two new reviews on this site. I can't remember if I mentioned this one, but I'll mention it again. We have uh, finally a Scurfa watch review on the site. I wish I tried a Scurfa sooner. I am I am so stupid 
for not trying a Scurfa sooner. That's all I'll say. Go and check it out. And finally, Michael, after you've had how many of these? Two or three? I think the... F- I think this is this is the third. This is the third. Yeah. We finally have a Seiko Turtle review on this site. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a treat to to just like sit down and reflect on um how long I've had it for mm. and you know the steps I went <clears throat> through to land on that one. Um it's kind of disappointing. I I felt bad while I was writing that review knowing that this specific one is uh kind of harder to find i think people are asking like almost a thousand dollars if you want this yeah. specific version and it's kind of again it's it's really neck beardy uh <laughs> for me to to go after this one but you know it just it had it had what i liked and uh yeah i do the breathing sound can you do the breathing sound the neck beard breathing sound See, you you can't roll your r's i can't i i cannot do the neck beard thing Count yourself lucky. That's not a skill you have in your voice acting repertoire. All right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a, it's, it's a, it's a nice review. It's, it's up there. And um, yeah, that watch is going to, yeah, they even came out with some new prospects divers um, recently, like the slimmer slim case 60, is it a 610? five or six one five nine oh, I have no one, idea. Of, one of those mm-hmm. um and i almost thought to myself oh maybe i can get one of these but i'd have to get rid of the turtle but the, the turtle is just so cool man i have it and i was messing with you know fancier rubber straps and some cheaper generic amazon straps but on that prometheus design works nato that i have it on it's just Oh, so good. That's where it's I that. swap yeah. between that and and one of Terry's straps, and I just feel like the watch calls back to a time when um, you and I were working in the same place, and mm-hmm. in between work, I was reading about these watches coming out, <laughs> and life was a lot simpler back then. It seemed a lot simpler, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But seeing you and reading your review of this watch just reminded me of my time with the Sumo. Oh, yeah. You know? Because that, like, that was always the really funny thing up until very recently, all the, all the way back then, you didn't interact much with the Sumo. No. I never really interacted with the Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and I still haven't. I've worn your, one of the old ones you had like a couple of times, but I've never owned one. And I've never worn it for more than like a few minutes. I mean, like my, my Sumo's long gone. Skip's got it now, but... I got, I got pretty nostalgic reading, uh, reading your piece here. Yeah, now I kind of want to go put it on, but whatever. I mean, you can. It's your show. You can literally do whatever you want. I'm like tied down. I got cables all over me. I'm like tied down. <laughs> really comfortable. You're, you're just like tied to your chair, and someone's just putting cigarettes out on your arms. You're like, ah, I'm a little indisposed. Can't My wife really. Just brought me, brought me coffee. Can't really get up right now. That's fine. But yeah, go check out the site, twobookwatchtimes.com. Check out the score for review. Check out the, the, if anything, check out Michael's turtle review just for the photos. Your photos are always so much nicer than mine. I hard, hard disagree. We talked I, about this. No, we talked about this. I understand that. But you're comparing your photos now to Kaz, like 2019, 2018, when he was really trying. That Kaz is, <laughs> that Kaz is dead. That Kaz four is hours, so fucking four. dead. Four hours per photo. 
four hours per photo trying to have a thoughtful, coaxing conversation with my cat. Be like, sweetie, I just need you to stand here. Like, just stand here. And just like, no. Like Homer talking to the parrot in the mall. It's not enough to want the cracker. You have to earn the cracker. If anyone understands the Simpsons reference, just imagine that for four hours with my cat when I had to get one of those fucking Seiko Catterday shots. Dude, I lost weekends trying to get photos for my reviews. Now I just have the I have the, the the big reflector box set up, and I just I try to I try to just have it not I try to have my photos just not be like a photo a watch floating in space. I try to have some kind of prop that is somewhat contextual to what I'm reviewing, or like mm-hmm. some kind of tongue in cheek joke about what I'm reviewing or taking a photo of. So, but I miss um I miss being able to take more uh, more kind of authentic sort of lifestyle shots, you know. I I, I like that it's just chaotic when I take photos. Oh my god, yeah, I don't miss that either. There's a there's a fantastic sense of urgency, like someone's pointing a gun at me. To be like, ah, get the right photo. You know what I mean? Dude, I felt like such a doofus in uh in Colorado at the Oris thing. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, <laughs> they were just. So when when they brought the watches out, they, I mean, they brought the watches out and it's like time to take photos and stuff. Right. And it was in that moment where I'm like, damn, I'm surrounded by proper professionals. Like there were there were dudes there that had like portable portable light boxes and like like they were bouncing shadows off and like oh, working yeah. with each other to get these like actual shots. <laughs> and I'm just like. I'm like I threw the watch on the table and I'm like I don't know I guess this salt shaker salt shaker could, could kind of bounce the light this way and this this little this half eaten piece of chicken looks good next to the watch I don't Dude, know if we if we get invited back you know what we have to do we do you remember those old disposable cameras that you had to like slide and click to get the film to change oh my god that'd be so funny we have to bring those we it is it, we don't have a choice anymore. We have to bring. And can you just imagine like hearing all the flashes and the and all of a sudden you just hear like a like us just like clicking with our disposable cameras and we're like, who can't wait to get this role developed. These are goodens. Like we have to do this. This is bigger than us now. No, did did you did you get into the office ever? Like really into the office? Like the show, The Office. Yeah, the show, the American one. I've seen all of them, but man, it was a long time ago. I might have, I might have memory recall. Why? What's up? Probably my favorite character is uh, Aaron, the secret, the the yes, third yes. secretary. She's like, I forget the episode, but she's using disposable cameras, and she takes a photo <laughs> and she throws it away. She's like, I love disposable oh, that's cameras. Hilarious. <laughs> I seem kind of wasteful. So we should take the take those and just like take a photo and throw and it just away. Throw them away. <laughs> do a do do like a do like an Instagram reel of us just throwing. Like I hear you, perfect. Here, whoever finds this camera can win five hundred dollars. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, it's there's some it's fun stuff on the site. Yeah. Fun stuff on the site, and I'm I I just did I just did shots for another Saker review. Um, I thought I was gonna write more today, but I'm gonna write something else for tomorrow. But yeah, it's just cool to to have the site up and running and stuff publishing. You you got that thing purring, man. That snappy website. Site, yeah. Looks good. I dig it. Yeah. You should all be thankful at home. I sacrificed quality time with my wife to work on the site. 
It's not uncommon, like, Saturday night for me to be on the site. (laughs) There's a hornet in my office. I'm going to do something. Oh, fantastic. I guess you burn your home down? How does... What's current standard operating procedure for a hornet? Oh, I'm alone. Hey, everyone. Kaz here. Oh, okay, you're back. All right. Hold on. How big is it? Like like a silver dollar size hornet? Like a good three quarters of an inch hornet? Oh, it's bigger. It's like maybe a little over an inch long. Oh, fuck that shit, dude. So how do you kill... How do you kill a hornet? Well, I just flick this one. I I I'm a different person now. <laughs> I'm I'm in awe at this massive size of your huevos rancheros. To so just fucking go and casually flip, dude. I gotta put on like armor and get like a baseball bat. If there's like a moth in my house, I I start. It wasn't until I had to start like um. Because we have wasps also, and they do the the hives uh, like right. under the oh, leaves yeah. around the house. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was like that at first, just like a broomstick. I'd whack it and then run back. Just inside. run back inside. Oh yeah, I don't care anymore. It's just so many of them. And you could get the hornets this year for some reason. I don't know why. I, t- 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 I told you a story when one of the old apartments I was renting. We had like a wasp, like a whole, like 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 the Duggars, like the Duggars version of the wasps of a wasp family came and lived on the balcony we were renting at, and like this wasp nest encompassed the whole outdoor light, and it was like this giant fucking just orgy of wasps. And um, I saw it, and I'm like, well, I'm not going outside. So we, you know, so we called like the building maintenance because you're supposed to call the like the, when we were renting at the time, you have to call like the building maintenance like to show up. And um, and I, I I was explicit with them being like, hey, there's like a metric fuck ton of wasps. I'm not like talking about like one little tiny like thing with two wasps that are like sheepishly like touching hands and giggling. There is a fucking wasp orgy happening. It's Burning Man on my fucking on my balcony right now. Like, I tried to really emphasize the severity of the situation. The guy shows up in flip-flops and shorts with the spray. Have you seen the spray? Yeah, yeah. You got to get the spray. It works. Because that motherfucker went out there. Long distance. Oh, yeah. he Dude, he went out there with his his flip-flops and with his his shorts, and he just started spraying them, and they just dropped. Like, they just dropped like some kind of cereal from hell. They're just, like, plopping on the ground, and they just immediately died. Do you have a cool watch? I did. I I was I was in awe at his watch killing acumen. I didn't really get the chance <laughs> to take note of his watch. By the way, segue. This episode is brought to you by Pita, I believe. <laughs> right. I can't stand them. <laughs> so you got to get the spray. Is what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, I'll get the spray. Spray works, man. <clears throat> what are we talking about? You want? You want? Do you, you, you? Should we go on with the shoot? Do you want to get to the main topic? <laughs> Let's go on. To the main topic. <laughs> Top military watches and their affordable counterparts or homages. I like that also. Or homages. Again, huge mother humping TBW a shout out to just about time official all underscores between those words for um, this topic idea. So how do we do this? Do we just do you just want to call out maybe like a quintessential quote unquote military watch and then we just take it from there? Do we want to try to define what a military watch is, which is probably gonna derail the entire episode? This is a mic episode. Well let's what's your let's, gut saying? Let's kind of start there because um you know one something I found recently, there's a really good article from the start of this year. Mm-hmm. Zen from Gear Gear Patrol did it. And it's titled, What's the Most Legit Modern Military Watch You Can Buy? 
And I'm like, that's interesting. So I, I read through it and there's a single, there's a single, I mean, the whole article is great, but there's a really good line here that kind of encompasses, I mean, I, let's just be honest, like you didn't serve, I didn't serve. So no. we, we might be wrong about some things, but this is just kind of like what I'm putting together after talking to some people, after reading a lot, after really cracking, like we've both cracked open watch marketing probably as much as we could. Yeah. And I, I think we can probably do a good job at separating fact from oh, fiction. Agreed. But there's, there's a line in this article um, where he says military regulations related to watches appear mostly concerned with how they fit into dress standards. They are tolerated so long as they conform. So the idea is that in the past you may have had, you know, spec sheets going out to different contractors that tried to put something together for respective branches of the military uh, to win that contract and create some kind of instrument that is part of your your kit that you are issued. Right. Uh, and from what I understand, that's a very different reality today. Uh, and this line kind of stood out to me. So what I did was I, f I looked up the, uh, what is this called? So this is MCO1020.34H, and it is the Marine Corps Uniform Regulations. And now, since I lost my spot, I want to find the exact line. So there's one, there's one line in here for watches, and okay. here's here's the here's all it says. The requirement is inconspicuous watches are authorized for wear in uniform. That's it. So it's really, I, from what I can tell these days, military watches are really just about what conforms to the dress code yeah. for whatever branch you're, you're going into. And if you, if you like go through say YouTube or there are some websites that try to prepare folks for basic, for example, like if they're joining the army or if they're joining the Marines or something like here are some tips for your first or like getting ready for basic or whatever. And, uh, there are some folks that talk about watches and a lot of times the only advice you get is, uh, you just find yourself a simple watch, hmm. a simple watch that won't break. And that's, that's kind of what I, that's, that's what I assume things are like for most people. And that's why a lot of times we just see Casios right. <laughs> on, 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 you know, on these people's wrists. So today a military watch is very different from what it was in the past, I guess is what I'm getting at. So are you saying that modern military watches are just fashion watches? Oh yeah. Let, well, like a lot of, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, we should get, that's, that could be an episode in itself if we got, uh, you know, if we had a veteran on. That'd be really, be that'd, that'd be a lot of fun, actually, because to talk about this topic. There's, uh, that reminds me, there's a subreddit called Tactical Gear or something like that. Because mm -hmm. if you follow, like, the EDC types, all of this sort of stuff starts to blend together at different points on the internet. Yeah. And the joke in that subreddit is they call themselves a fashion subreddit. So, but it's dudes like dropping thousands of dollars on plate carrier rigs and like body armor and like guns and stuff. And they call themselves a fashion subreddit. That's so that's, funny. that's kind like of like that. the joke. 
so yeah i I think military watches in some way could be called like some some level of fashion especially with some of the some of the marketing that we see you ready for the hate mail oh yeah that's fine um yeah bring it on everyone it's fine <laughs> um but i guess you know i guess we can go through uh a couple of watches that i think stand out to me as you know icons and okay. yeah let me let me get the uh so i'll be really nerdy about it and i'll read the the specification number first and so the first one we can run through is um mil tac or mil dash w dash w 50717 doesn't mean anything but this watch is basically that asymmetrical dive shape oh with, yeah i'm looking like, at it now so what you see in the marathon uh the marathon navigators i guess the legendary watch would be the benris type one and type two mm. and um you know these these are watches that i think it's still kind of shrouded in mystery some people say that they were issued to cia operatives they were issued to mcfee sog people um bunch of different people in in vietnam era combat and i think it's been difficult in general to piece the story together i will say worn and wound has a really good series and i think the series is called military watches of the world and they go through like the uk united states israel germany like a lot of different you know militaries around the world and they do focus on these um a bit more so you can probably find some answers there but the good thing mm-hmm. about the good thing about this watch the originals the originals are out there but you know we're talking between eight and ten thousand dollars sometimes Ooh, for good a really really yeah. good one that's a lot of donuts i have in front of me i have a marathon navigator sterile dial with uh i guess this would be the type two because you also have the 24 hour scale on the inside. Um, this is a watch that follows the exact same specification. I can't, I, I can't remember if the original specification required a screw down crown. This is mm-hmm. just a push pull crown. Um, but this watch you can ha- get easily for under 500 bucks. And That's not bad. I thought you were going to say like seven or 800 or something like that. No, no, I'm going to keep things pretty, pretty cheap. And, um, you know, there's also a distinction to be made uh, between watches that are either purchased on base or something or around base and, uh, you know, companies that might actually still be under contract with different branches. And I think I could be wrong. They might just be really, really good at their marketing but I think Marathon still has active contracts with some people, uh, be it police forces uh, or, and maybe some military branches in the U.S. So, I mean, they make they make those dials that say U.S. government on them. So the, that might be a requirement uh, for, for part of the contracts. contracts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I, I think I think Marathon might be one of those rare cases where the where the company is actually under contract to make something specifically for a branch or a police force or something like that. Hmm. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good opener. 
I mean, for this, I, I would recommend it. And I, I think a lot of these, a lot of these you'll find that most of the time you have a very accessible alternative. And mm. I mean, these days you have companies like Mark II and Tornick Reveal making, uh, you know, the Paradive, for example, Benris has been revived re- recently. I don't know much about the people that run it these days, <clears throat> but you can get reproductions of the Benris Type 1 and Type 2 from them directly. I think the Type 1 is a limited edition of 1,000, and the Type 2 is a limited edition of 500. And both of those are still a little over a grand. Actually, the Type 1 might be a little bit over 1,500. So... But honestly, um, there's an Instagram account that I really like, and I wanna, I might wanna give him a shout out because it doesn't seem like a, a watch account. Fuck, I forgot his name. Oh, is it this? Um... Oh, I can't remember. I I forgot. I I found him a while back. He he's a he's a Navy. Um, a Navy pilot retired and he posts like a bunch of cool videos and shots from him flying and stuff. And, uh, he posts some, some watch stuff. So it's like an aviator account that like is also kind of into watches. Cool. And the dude, the dude posts photos of this like resin material, plasticky marathon that the guy has had forever. Like he, he, he posts a shot of this. I think he's got an IWC Mark 18, which is like the nice watch mm. and like a citizen or something like that. And that's what the dude, that's what the dude wore. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been into those, uh, these marathons or whatever. I think you should, you'd probably like it. It's super lightweight at this point with so much Grand Seiko on your wrist. <laughs> it'll <laughs> Like so much Grand Seiko and quartz watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I think I've only ever worn yours. I think, and if I have never worn yours, I've never even worn one. Mm. No. Yeah, you should you should try one out. Let's see, what else can I talk about? I I I, I if you need time to think, I I actually do have a very small contribution to this conversation. I mean, what is your contribution? Yeah, <laughs> be my guest, Michael. Do you want to talk about the pole yacht thirty one thirty three? Of course. I mean, I was, I, I was going to ask you, I was, I was going to ask you like eventually, like, is there, is there something that you like consider as, I guess, iconic in this space as well? So my, my, the, the foundation of my knowledge is, is firmly set in, in, in Soviet vintage Soviet watches. Mm. I know nothing about anything else. And so really, if we're talking about vintage Soviet watches, the impetus of the idea of vintage Soviet watches, you could tie very directly to um, the military. Some of the first watches that the Soviets ever made after acquiring the Duberhampton Company were, were intended for like, you know, military use because they just weren't able to make uh, a lot of them and shit like that. But the idea of a watch being solely for military use for military function there's really only two brands um or two houses i should say uh vostok you know um like the first original like vostok you know i guess you could even say commander ski lines the first original watches that got them the the contracts to be the ussr ministry of defense watch supplier 
slash maybe the Vostok Amphibia because that was for Soviet Navy divers. But I, I want to focus in particular on the Polyot 3133, which is um, an original military intended use chronograph. It wasn't the first wasn't the first Soviet chronograph. Um, that was the Strela. Oh, this, okay, I shouldn't say first. It gets very complicated. The chronograph before the Polyot 3133 was the Strela 3017 or the Seconda 3017, depending on where you're getting it from. Michael, that's the one that you like with the black dial and the green loom and the little red marks and stuff like that on it. Mm, yeah. You know, that one is killer. <clears throat> the Polyot 3133, I'll highlight as um, a very, to me, iconic Soviet um military watch just because you know originally it was intended for uh basically just military you know use it wasn't until like the mid to late 80s when the quote-unquote civilian dial started coming out but it's um it's essentially it's a hand-wound um uh, mechanical chronograph sort of loosely based on the Valju 7734 so there was two interesting ways uh the soviets were able to advance their uh, movement capabilities, their watch movement capabilities. Um, they either stole it or they bought it. Um, and in the case of the seven seven, in the case of the Polyot thirty one thirty three, technically, they bought it. They bought the machinery from Valju uh, to manufacture not necessarily the Valju seven seven thirty four, but a movement based on that. And henceforth, you know, then the thirty one thirty three was born. So. Um, I would say that's a very iconic Soviet uh, watch. I've had the pleasure of owning it. Actually, I think I still technically do own mine. I was trying to sell it a long time ago, and I don't think I found a good home for it. But <laughs> So I actually do still have that somewhere. Um, I've, I have the pleasure of owning a Polyot uh, 3133. It is a, a very interesting military watch because it doesn't fit the same sort of military mold, I guess, that you're talking about, especially with the... Um, with sort of what we think of when we think of military watches with like the, the Benris models and just a lot of these mil-spec models, the concept of mil-spec just was not necessarily a thing for the Soviets. It was really just um, what can we manufacture and what can we do that will fit the functionality. So I'll throw that out there as my contribution to the conversation. And if you're curious on where you too could get the affordable counterpart to the Polyot 3133, you're in luck. It's already pretty affordable just on its own. <laughs> it's not, it's not I was that going to ask because I feel like I always ask you, what's that website again where you can actually get them? Like they're the new ones, but they're still the old ones. Like I can't, I can't ever tell what the right place is if I want to buy a new one. Oh, it's a German site. It's complicated. Um, <laughs> it's, com- it's complicated because current Polyot slash first Moscow watch factory ownership is split between business folk that are, that are in, um, you know, modern day Russia, but then are also for the most part, I'm certain in, uh, Germany. So it, it's kind of odd when you go and look at modern versions of these watches, uh, polyot 24.de. So P O L J O T 24.de. It looks like someone made it in 1998 on a fucking geo site platform. It is a very weird looking website, but if you were looking for, um, that's funny. Polyot24.de. You're a specialist for Russian washes since 1992. Coincidentally, the exact year the Soviet Union fell. That's fantastically convenient. It's, it's, it's really funny how that lines up. I think it's maybe a year after. I can't remember the top of my head. But yeah, if you were looking for a modern 
iteration of the 3133 movement because they do still technically make this movement. I think up until recently, they weren't making it in Moscow. I think they were making it in... They weren't making it in Germany. I think it might have actually been somewhere in Switzerland. Fuck, I'm not really up on modern Russian quote-unquote watches, but I think now they're starting to do it in in, um, in Moscow. So if you didn't want to buy a true, you know, 30 to 40-year-old uh, vintage Polyat 3133, you could buy um, a new one. But I would definitely encourage you, if you had an interest in the watch due to its... It's chops as a vintage military piece. You, I would encourage you to go vintage. I'll go a little neckbeardy on this one, and I will say I do feel that the actual time authentic ones are really the the, the way to go when you're kind of looking at this um, when you're looking at these watches, but in particular the the thirty one thirty three. Do watch out for Frankens. You're you're gonna you're gonna walk into a few bear traps. <laughs> um, <laughs> try, try to suss out a real one for a, a fake one just because there's there's different movement versions of the 3133 you know especially around the 80s and 90s where you know someone will get a 3133 movement from the 80s and the dial is perfect but something's wrong with the movement so they'll they'll swap parts in and out from like a modern 3133 so there's really subtle ways that you can kind of deduce and suss out um the time frame of year 3133 but i've kind of chilled out a lot about that these days what i would say is if you see a 3133 on ebay or some shit and it's a reasonable price like sort of under ish 500 or 400 bucks i got mine for 250 275 or 300 but that was years ago um, and if there's anything I'm learning is that for some reason Soviet, the vintage Soviet watch market is kind of getting a little more expensive but if you don't feel like you're breaking the bank and you see a 3133 that you like just go for it don't be too concerned if it's real or fake ooh actually you should give a shit if the dial loom here, here, here's the only thing about authenticity I'll say and then Michael I promise I'll stop talking is um your dial loom on your pole yacht 3133. So I'm saying pole yacht, it's spelled pole jot, but it's pole yacht, so it's P O L J O T. If the dial loom uh, on your pole yacht 3133 doesn't look like like really shitty Play Doh or like someone tried to apply it with a Q tip in the dark, like really shitty, if, you, if the loom looks too good, it's fake. Um, because the Soviets never really nailed loom. They never really got it down pat, so that tends to be, in a really fucking weird way, the mark of authenticity when your loom on your, as I punch my mic, when the loom on your 3133 just absolutely looks like someone, you know, was putting on makeup in the dark in, like, the back of a truck. Like, really fucking messy. You know what I'm saying? That's the only contribution I'll give you to this episode, Michael. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you did that, because... <laughs> I was gonna ask anyways. <laughs> the only watch, the only military watch. I mean, maybe we can do the amphibia if you want, but let's see. I wanna. We can we can do the back and forth thing. And I'll still I'll still forget the website. Polyat twenty four dot de dog. I've never I've never bought for them, but I just know that they are the source for all the modern, you know, polyats that come out. Nice. Yeah, I've been really. I've been really just realizing lately that the whole 
military watch thing can be had for next to no money in some cases nice. because the the stuff that's actually out there um is cheap and disposable i bet <laughs> and a, a good example I, I wanted to talk about this watch because i just i found out not too long ago that during the 90s there um there was a small run of citizen watches that were put together and i want to i'm not going to get the what is this what is their name man i just had it all right so the citizen uh the ny0040 is actually an italian navy watch i found out not too long ago so in the 90s in the 90s at some point there was a small run of these that were uh put together for a group called the Com Subin. Uh, that stands for a lot of really long Italian sounding words that I can't say. Uh, so I'm not going to try. Fantastic. <laughs> but overall, they're those really super cool frogman types that do underwater demolition stuff and Panerai likes to masturbate over all the time. Um, you know, those same types of dudes uh, at some point wore uh, a limited run of these citizen watches. And from my understanding, they were basically off-the-shelf NY0040 citizen divers that were modified with, I think, I think bigger seals and gaskets oh, to, okay. to bump the water resistance up to 500 meters. Oh, wow. I don't, can you do that? Can you bump a watch's water resistance up by just, just using some gaskets? beefier seals and gaskets? I what's what's what was the base water resistance 200 i'm guessing 200 that's what it is today i feel like it should be more complicated than that yeah so the only difference that i can tell there's there's a gen 1 and a gen 2 so there are two different types of these out there and you're not going to find one like i i think i don't know how many are out there anymore but they seem super rare um the only difference is you know, again, that bump in the water resistance. I think there was an Italian day wheel that was added, and where it said citizen, it says Marina Militaire. Uh, <laughs> kind of just like old, older Panerai watches. And there might be some stuff on the case back actually that that was that was different. Uh, actually, it just looks like it just looks like there's an extra serial number added. So, so NY0040? Yeah. I mean, if you go on eBay and you search Citizen NY0040, like that is the affordable counterpart to this watch because it's the exact same watch. Gotcha. Minus, minus, the, uh, minus the changes to the dial, the water resistance, and the day wheel. Right. I just think it's so cool that you can, especially in today's day where you can... It's it's getting harder and harder to find an SKX 007 at a reasonable price. Oh, weird is that? What, what a time to be alive. I know, right? I've been looking at these these Citizen NY models. Uh, they got a full loom one that's really cool, but the black dial one is kind of awesome. Like, this is basically that same watch. Mm-hmm. And when you think black dial, diver, cheap Japanese movement that's just probably going to work without ever needing service, um, I think that's just a 
a really good example of a, a military icon. And and the Citizen watches. If I think if you look at the Australian military, in a lot of cases, like they were kind of bananas for Citizen watches too. I could be wrong, oh. but um, yeah, I just discovered these not too long ago, and I, I I really tried to piece apart what made it special or different. It's just the dial. I don't know how much I trust that up in that that bump in water resistance. Just by making bigger gaskets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that, I feel that would, like that it's supposed to be more complicated. I feel like it's supposed to be more complicated too. But maybe the watch marketing has hit us so badly that water resistance is really just simple, and we're we're just making a big deal about it. We're just overthinking it. Yeah. So I would say a watch like this, and it's it's a really good example if you want to, you know, buy an affordable modern day equivalent. It's just the same watch. You're just not going to get the same same dial so Mm -hmm. i might actually get one of these um because the last time i saw one on ebay it was 199 wow you know probably the price that you know skx is used to be (laughs) uh so yeah there's that um another one of course is the cwc the royal navy diver and right um the icon in that case would be the the mill sub. So, the the Rolex, the Rolex Submariners that everybody wants, or the mill spec Seamasters that um, people hunt sometimes. And I think the spec for that one is Def Stan sixty six four part one issue three. If you care to look it up, <laughs> um, let me let me let me actually look it up. We'll say it again. Here, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll slack. I'll slack you the whole, the whole thing. Thank you. That's, that's the spec sheet. D E F S T A N sixty six dash four part one issue three. I don't know if that's a newer one that CWC took on, or if that's the old one that Omega Rolex um, went after. But it should be part of the same family of standards either way you got the big triangle up at 12 and um it's actually yeah because those old seamasters were kind of lopsided towards the crown too um and this is just this is just super cool because of course you have the the sbs divers that are supposedly still still issued today i think i think uh there's some conflicting information out there but from what i can tell cwc is still providing uh and fulfilling contracts um in certain cases we're 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 pretty certain they are right we're pretty certain they are um (laughs) we can talk offline about something (laughs) fantastic i always love our offline after hours chats when the kids are asleep with some um, white wine by the fire. And so I'm hesitant to say that the the modern day affordable equivalent is still the SBS diver because those are some of the price priciest quartz watches you can find in this space of watch collecting. Actually, let me take a look at the CWC website. CWC.watch. Because these have been going up in price lately. 
also, and they're pretty tough to find. Uh, they've been out of stock on them for a while. Hmm. Oh, show me the price, dude. Really? Rude. It just says no stock. <laughs> you can probably find it in Inspect Element. I think it's seven seven ninety nine pounds or something like that, mm. which is pretty expensive. That's I mean, so what would what would if someone wanted to go for this? What would be? Is it like an homage or more or a brand that's doing something that, with the same vibe for obviously much less? I mean, I, I wouldn't call so the, I wouldn't call the CWC the homage. I would call it just like a, a company that's taking the specification and making it which is which is actually the cool part about these watches when you trace everything back down to the spec sheet nobody really owns the design so <laughs> i actually don't give a shit who's making it uh and nobody can claim like this is our original design and this this and that it's just a bunch of companies taking a brief and making their version of it so cool. i mean if you wanted to you could just start a watch company and, <laughs> and take all these spec sheets and just do it so um it, it kind of makes it it kind of makes it so that no company can claim greater authenticity over the other because nobody that's a cool ever, way of looking at it the you know and you really don't have to worry much about homages i would say th- that if you're if you're considering this you know, British military style watch, you know, the, the Rolex, the mill subs, the, the Seamasters and the CWCs today, I think the best thing that you can get if the CWC is a little too pricey is honestly a Scurfa. Cause. Oh, I didn't even think of that. So I, I don't know if you, if you realized it, but let me go to the site. Cause I don't want to get the, I don't want to get the name wrong. So every year, once a year, he puts out a mil spec version of his watches. And this year it was the MS 22. And I think he only makes a hundred of them and they're kind of tough to get. They sell out pretty quick. And, um, I'm not getting murdered. Do you hear the creaky door? I I heard something. Yeah. I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't sure. Yeah, so I would get one of these actually because he he follows the same kind of specification and it's just you know it's probably probably falls around the same two hundred dollar range or or whatever that you get a scurfa for. Oh, these are cool. MS twenty two Diver One Limited Edition. I'll do it off air. That's cool though. Or honestly, you don't even have to get the 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 mil spec one. You can just, I mean, I think an off the shelf, uh, scurfa, you know, just like the diver that you, you know, you reviewed, would probably do the same thing. Yeah. That that would be that would be my favorite homage style alternative, probably in this whole whole discussion. I think that makes sense. Um. Um. Yeah. I'm totally into this. He only makes a hundred of them. I think he only makes a hundred of them each time around. You got to get on it, man. Yeah, and every year he alternates. I think between a black dial and a blue dial, and stainless steel and titanium in some cases. So I think this year, I think this year was stainless steel with the black dial, and it looks mm. really. It was really hard to say no to that. 
He's even got like military spec, and then the, and then like the production number on the case back too. Yeah, yeah. Those That's are cool. those are some really cool. I, I'm, I think I think I'm okay because I kind of want the blue dial, and if if he follows his same sort of, you know, schedule next year for 2023, it should be a blue dial, and maybe titanium. Let's see. Maybe, maybe I'll get that one. Let's see. Keep a spot in the wash box open. <laughs> Do I have time for more? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're only like an hour into it, and you know, if if you if you want, I can do, um, I can give you a break, and I can do uh, uh, the the amphibia if you want. I'm gonna fire one off real quick. Do it. <clears throat> I'm gonna fire one off real quick. Here's another military spec sheet designation. It's mil dash w dash twenty two one seven six alpha. All right, so these are the um, these are the Blancpain slash Bulova style divers, the the fifty fathoms and the Tornik Rayville style divers that were kind of put together. I think I want to say late fifties. I think the specification came out late fifties, early sixties for what I've heard to be the first wristwatches intended for Navy SEALs when the Navy SEALs were being put together. Oh, wow. Um, and then, like, if you think the 5517s, like, those Rolex mil subs are rare, these watches are infinitely harder to find uh, because I think what happened was the loom on the dial was promethium. That's a radioactive thing, right? Science term. I've um, never heard that word in my entire life. So Sounds right. Uh, wait. Well, now now I'm doubting myself. Are you thinking of radium? I thought it was radium, but it's something else. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not radium. Okay. But I'll figure it out. Something radioactive. Anyways, long story <laughs> short, it was radioactive, and we had this like nuclear waste disposal program that the Navy had to go through, and after the watches were made, a ton of them had to be destroyed. And the oh. ones that are the ones that are out there today, just I don't know. They survived. They somehow survived. Yeah, they found their way off base or something. <laughs> it's so like it's it's probably it might be the hardest like military watch to find today. I think. What's the number again? It is mil dash w dash two two one seven six a. And if you if you actually just plug that into Google, this is this is like my favorite way to track these things down. Just like take take the specification number and just put it into Google Images and see what pops up. Pops up here, yeah. Oh wow. Cool. So you should you should see a lot of Blancpain. You should see a lot of um, a lot of Bulova. I have a Bulova here, yeah. And um, and then Tornik Rivil, which mm-hmm. is. Uh, that's the one that actually made it through to get the contract, I think, because of the Buy American Act, uh, 1933. Mm. Um, and that IP was was purchased recently um, by uh, by Mark II Watches. And so, you know, I, I'm hesitant to say that that's the that's the one you should go for if you're looking for a, a modern day. I have one in front of me here, and it's like it's the TR660, 
this is a really hard okay. watch to get <laughs> but, and that's why that's why i'm hesitant to say like oh just get just get one of these uh because you know he he does them in, in very limited batches but you know this is available today it's under a thousand dollars boliva started to remake them uh you can get one with a miyota movement for well under a thousand dollars as well so these are out there and our friend which we still haven't totally figured out time arrow watch company on ebay <laughs> makes i totally forgot well. about them yeah so you can you can find that same design there um wait aren't yeah, they in florida yeah yeah i've gotten gotten two watches from, from wait, where 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 also your audio sounds like you're calling from the past how's my audio sound your audio sounds good okay Am i better now Weird. i was i was kind of like away from the microphone okay yeah now now now, now it's much better okay time yeah. to watch because i i i want to i want to say i might be near them go go visit his his living room factory i don't know <laughs> got like four posts on instagram or something it's really funny so good chimera watch company instagram and i think i think helson was a company that made made some something similar in the past really um yeah and then blanc pond recently started to remake them but those are just stupid expensive <laughs> like 14 or fifteen thousand dollars. oh my god yeah but again, that's that's what's cool about these, um, you know, these military watches. When you think of, uh, you know, there's you're always you're almost always gonna find a cheaper modern equivalent because somebody, you know, the spec sheets are out there. They're they're public record, and you can look all the. I have I have the full PDF up for this one, and it's like it's kind of mm. cool. It just looks like it was really poorly scanned in at some point. <laughs> And uh, the funny thing about this one, it talks about accuracy. And really, what does it say? It says the accuracy requirements uh, were to fall within thirty seconds. A day or a month? A day. Oh, huh. Yeah. So for all the for all the nerds that are just like accuracy, um, yeah, this this super duper awesome military specification thing is uh, thirty seconds is the requirement. Money. Ah, apparently they're in they're they're in Punta Gorda. That's what it was. Which is about maybe an hour ish away from me. Yeah, pay him a visit. Someone's gonna get a visit to your <laughs> living room watch shop operation. <laughs> just Kaz peeking through the window. <laughs> just like like pushing the bushes aside, looking inside. Y'all making watches? That's how you get shot. In the face. That's cool. That's a good one. I forgot because didn't and you might have mentioned this didn't didn't Bulova do a modern version of this too recently? Yeah, yeah, they came out. I I think they call it limited. I don't know how limited it is. They've made one version with a Swiss movement, one version mm-hmm. with a uh, I think a Miyota inside. And um, yeah, they're out there. You know, you can get them on eBay and stuff. Good one. Really good one. Nice. What else? What else you got? Do you want me to go? Give you a break? Yeah. What do you have? You said you, you said the amphibia was was one to consider. 
We could do the amphibia. I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone knows about that watch by this point, or at least if you've listened to this show a couple of times, you've, you've heard about it. So the, the, the Vostok amphibia is another iconic um, Soviet military watch. So let's, let's, let's rewind to like the 1960s. Actually, let's rewind way before that to the old the, the the formation and the idea of you know the Soviet Union, you know um, Red Revolution. What a lot of that signified. Um, the Soviet Union came to power in the, the 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 that part of the Russian continent or the Russian country at the time, mainly due to the fact that as a country, Russians were very reliant on other European nations. There were famines, they couldn't feed each other, they weren't industrialized. There was a very, very large wealth gap between um, poor folk and rich folk. And basically, the rich folk who were the, aristat- the, the, the aristocracy and a lot of the nobility, because it was still a czarist regime at that time, um, basically, they were all fine. They were partying, having a good time. And um, folks who were still suffering the ramifications of being a serfdom, even though technically serfdom towards this point was gone, we were still dealing with a lot of the issues from like those kind of impacts decades, decades after. A lot of those poor folks were suffering. So, you know, the idea with, with the Soviet Union and the, 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 the kind of flawed idea of communism is that we can feed ourselves, we can take care of ourselves, self-reliance, we don't have to look outside our borders to support ourselves. So keep that thought in mind. Let's talk about watches now. Um, if you have a navy, and you know you should if you're Russia, or if you're the Soviet Union back then, crafting a diver was probably one of the toughest things to do for several reasons for the Soviets back then because they didn't have appropriate machine tooling. Remember, they weren't industrialized. Like... Agricultural practices hadn't really evolved in hundreds of years in the early 1900s by the time um, the the revolution happened. Like, you still had motherfuckers out there with, like, bricks and sides and shit, whereas everyone else has industrialized and, like, they're, they're feeding large quantities of people um, due to the mechanization of... or the early kind of proto-mechanization of the, the, the food industry and everything like that. So just keep that in mind. And now, all of a sudden, 40 or 50 years later, they're saying, huh... How are we supposed to make a dive watch? Like, how are we supposed to make a dive watch that can withstand 200 meters? Because that was really the benchmark that they set for themselves. They didn't like the fact that um, Soviet divers had to keep relying on, um, you know, neighboring German and neighboring or neighboring-ish uh, Swiss watches. And so that was one opportunity for them to say, you know, hey, let's be self-reliant on a Soviet dive watch. And so Vostok um, went out on this mission to create those first Soviet-made dive watches for Russian Navy uh, uh, divers. And, um, I mean, ingeniously, they couldn't tool as well as uh, their European neighbors. They didn't even have the technical knowledge and know-how. So they crafted, like, a pretty smart... Um, it's essentially a skin diver. Um, Basically, the larger, the greater, uh, the, the not, not a skin diver, what the hell, much, uh, like a compression diver. The greater the compression is on the Vostok Amphibia case, the stronger the water resistance is just because of a very large five millimeter wide uh, diameter, like 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 specific uh, uh, gasket on the watch. So that, that's just, that, that like, you ever, if you have like a modern wash machine and you open your wash machine and you see like a giant gasket on the inside, that's like proportionally the size of the gasket 
uh, some of those original Vostoks. Um, but they were so bad at tooling that they couldn't even manufacture lugs. Any lugs they tried to tool or manufacture on those early Vostok amphibia divers, which I'm fairly certain lots of people died trying to test out, um, the lugs just broke off. So what they started to do... Michael, you know people died. My lots lugs. of people... Lots of people probably died <laughs> testing out the water resistance. I shouldn't laugh. That's terribly insensitive to me, but, you know, it's fine. Um, it's a free podcast. So the early Vostok amphibias, which I'm kind of thinking about trying to hunt down, had um, clip-on swing lugs. So they would tool the Vostok amphibia case as just this big, just like a pod, just a big cylinder, and then they would clip on the lugs uh, afterwards. And so colloquially, they're called Vostok amphibia uh, swing lug models. Um, if you Google around, if you eBay around, you'll see them. Do not tread into these waters without knowledge because these are incredibly frankened, like frankened to shit, mm. honestly. Um, but the, 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 the first iteration, and I think it was in like 1965 or 1967. Oh, 1967, I'm fairly certain. Ugh, probably certain um, that was a very iconic military watch you know it was the first time the Soviets did a 200 meter dive watch all on their own it had a Vostok caliber you know um, in there if you want to read more about the history of Vostok and Vostok calibers uh, we have a history of Vostok watches piece on uh, the website um, it's very dry very comprehensive I put a lot of time and effort into writing it I, I think it's cool my mom thinks I'm cool. Um, so if you want to learn more about Vostok calibers and just sort of the iteration of how the second Moscow watch factory kind of became Vostok during World War II, that can go. That goes into a little more explanation about the Vostok caliber. But it was a, it was a, it was an in-house you know Soviet Union movement, in-house tooling, in-house ingenuity for creating this diver. So um, as a milestone for Soviet military watches, the, the Vostok amphibia is. Um, it's in my opinion, it's not fair to just gloss over it. So, if you were to try to find an original swing lug Vostok amphibia, fucking, you're gonna see anything from like four hundred bucks to a thousand bucks on eBay. Uh, if you just wanted a Vostok amphibia, you're in luck because they're still making them. Um, they're sold through the official Vostok uh, retailer. Uh, it's at a website called Maranom, M-E-R-A-N-O-M. Um, I don't believe they sell any non-limited edition, limited editions of um, the swing lug calibers. Uh, but you can find some pretty earlier Vostok case models, like the like the Tonneau case model, the number I can't remember right now. Um, they also sell like the ministry, the quote unquote ministry case, which is like a chunkier uh, Tonneau style. Or you could go for the classic Life Aquatic with Steve Zizzo case model, the, the one that Bill Murray wears, it's the 420 mm -hmm. case. Um, so if you like the idea of, you know, the history behind the Vostok Amphibia, but you don't want to fucking, if you, you don't want to run backwards with your pants down in a cornfield and try to buy a Vostok vintage on eBay, just, just, just get a new one. You could get it for like a hundred bucks or maybe a little under, um, but it, but you probably would have to if you wanted like a swing lugs one, you'd probably have to wait for them to do like a limited reissue, which they've only done a couple of times. So um, the history of that watch is much longer and more nuanced. Um, I think we have an entire podcast episode on it, um, so you can you can you can dig that up. But that's my contribution. That's my second and only contribution, Michael. <laughs> 
that I'm gonna make to the military watch episode because that's all I know. It's good. We got Soviet Union. We have UK, <laughs> uh, Italy, and oh, yeah. US. I think in this episode, not too bad. Not not a pretty bad good on that. I have two more. I'm just gonna power through them. You would. I'm just gonna say the field watch. So what what we think of when we say field watch is like, um, what's the specification? It's same thing as the other ones. It starts mil dash w thirty eight eighteen. Um, this is this is when you look back at your again older Hamiltons and Benrus cool. models. Yeah. Timex, I think Timex even made a bunch of them. The Timex uh, MK one series is kind of in my I, I, just from looking at. It, evocative of some of these kind of field watches yeah and i i really i i had a timex that was pretty close it was a 36 millimeter um you know similar size and spec to the to the old ones but it was a steel case if you look at some of those old timexes they're actually resin cases and they oh yeah they make some modern ones like that but i think i'm pretty sure they're japanese exclusive um 36 millimeter it's so uh, cool. resin case it's kind of like this olive resin that looks really i don't know it looks really utilitarian military style kind of <laughs> kind of fun um so i would say something like that you know and then those hamilton khaki mechanicals like they're great man. oh yeah i mean if you want something with a mechanical movement get that um you know those are under 500 bucks all day and then really Going into this like deeply lately, I think the most iconic military watch ever is just a G Shock. Cause I love it. I was hoping you were gonna say this. Yeah. Uh you can you can get snobby about military issued uh G Shocks as well. Um the one I forget the reference, I have it in front of me, but we have a review on the site. It's um gosh. I forget what series it is. Um, oh yeah, here it is. DW9052. So that family of watches, um, there were also, uh, select batches that were set aside for the Italian Navy as well. Oh, cool. Um, and you can find, you can find them actually with the case backs modified to have those stock numbers and, and all that cool stuff. But those are really tough to find. Um, again, I, I I'd say just don't buy into the military marketing thing all that much. Uh, even even some of like the broad arrow stuff that people like to market, like oh, it's it's got the broad arrow. I, I think it is illegal to sell something with that marking, but you you need to apply for the certification, and I don't know how hard it is to get that certification. You just gotta you gotta fill the paperwork and send the check for seventy five dollars and that's uh, that's probably it, <laughs> right? right? I can't. So, um, you know, really today, if if someone is wearing a watch in the military, mm-hmm. first of all, they're not having a fun time, probably. <laughs> so like we look at it, we're just like, oh my god, it's a military watch, so awesome! Like they're probably not having a good time. They're going through through basic and uh, or like land navigation training and. It's, it might not be fun. Um, so it's kind of, I, I, back to the marketing that upsets you, I totally get it. Um, I might be there. I might be there too. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's toxic masculinity, but it's definitely uh, 
fetishizing like specs and durability and all that kind of stuff Mm. in watches that probably don't exhibit that again if it's a g-shock probably that they bought on base for like 15 dollars that that's a real that's a real military watch yeah but the uh the you know the four thousand or like the fifteen thousand dollar blancpain that's like calling back to the old tornick reveals like it's it's not the same kind of watch you know yeah oh yeah i think my my calling out of the notion of kind of the fetishizing of of military watches and the possible cross-section between that and toxic masculinity is that i've noticed in regards to marketing marketing tends to prey on uh dudes for the most part um to market a watch to fill some kind of void they think they have so if i even if i don't even realize i'm acting on that fear or that thing that that kind of security that i have so if i felt like you know um, I wasn't strong enough or I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't exhibiting those those really silly kind of prototypical male features like self-reliance and strength and fortitude, blah, blah, blah. I would be drawn to purchase things that I think would help me feel that way. It happens with watches. It'll happen with clothes and things like that. So yeah, I think that was kind and, of yeah. cars. Cars is a great <clears throat> one. I need that vroom vroom, Michael. The vroom vroom will put hair on my chest, I think. There is right? there is another set of companies that mm-hmm. operate today. And some, mm, I don't want my skull caved in by an M4 when I'm sleeping at night. I'm going to choose my words carefully. Okay. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a different episode. It's a good episode. Yeah, let's do it in the future. <laughs> it's a different episode. But yeah, there are some there are some companies that operate outside of outside of the watch nerd space, but mm-hmm. it's it kind of intersecting between the watch nerd space where we're at and also like the military gear EDC space. There's yeah. a lot of that inauthenticity in in the marketing and and some of that trickery going on that you're talking about. And it's kind of disappointing because some of these are veteran run and it's yeah it, it can get a little weird but wow. anyways uh i don't want to die uh <laughs> that episode 241 two work podcast we don't want to die <laughs> name of the episode um but yeah that's i don't know that's that's what i got uh if you want a military watch get a g-shock yeah that's that's <laughs> the other headline just get just which which is honestly I love it because that's how most of our episodes end. Like, yeah, you yeah, guys are pretty cool. I guess if you really just want the best, uh, you know, field watch, just, uh, just get a G-Shock. Or, you know, if you want the best, uh, you know, bang for your buck uh, dad watch, just, uh, you know, yeah. get a G-Shock. <laughs> again, again, I would recommend that, that article by Zen at Gear Patrol, what's the most mm-hmm. legit modern military watch you can buy? Because he really opens up the article detailing how there was a transition from when watches were issued to now where it's like, uh, I gotta, I gotta pick something up that works with the dress code. So I don't get mm-hmm. yelled at, you know, like I can't show up with a rainbow Invicta cause that's against the dress code, but you can probably get a quartz like Invicta diver. It, the bracelet, be might, the bracelet might break apart in like basic or something, but just put your pro diver on a NATO. Exactly. You could, right? you could do that and probably get through it. We, we know a guy, uh, training now, um, in the Canadian Armed Forces, and he's he's wearing a, 
a Seiko turtle for the whole thing. So how cool is that? It's really, it's up to, it's up to the person and whatever follows the dress code. No, no fancy sexy spec sheets that you got to dig up and nerd like geek out over and, um, argue about online. So yeah, military watches. Good one. Huge shout out to just about time official for making this episode happen. Great question. I mean, and it's definitely something that we can just revisit. I mean, there's, 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 we can even eventually do just like branches of military, honestly. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say in the meantime, I also recommend the Worn and Wound series. The, oh, um, yeah. I found that when you were talking about it too. Military cool. watches of the world. Really good stuff. We should do a military watch post on the site. I don't know what we can talk about though. Yeah. Figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. But yeah, no, that was a ton of fun. Michael, appreciate you putting up with my with my meager contributions of the Polyot 3133 <laughs> and the Falstock Amphibia. I like them. Um, they probably don't fit into the traditional idea of what someone thinks of when they think of like a military watch. Like I, I, I think the first one you opened with like tends to be the go-to. The, um, like 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 the whole Benrus sort mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, when I hear military watch, that's kind of... Um, that's what kind of what I think of. But also, I mean, you mentioned it. I'll do a huge, huge shout out here as well. Um, shout out for the Timex MK1 line. I'm, I had one of the Timex MK1 chronographs with the aluminum case in for uh, review. Had a ton of fun with that watch. If you like the vibe of just sort of like uh, one of these sort of mil spec ish military watches, check out that line. I paid, I don't know, 60 or 70 bucks. For that Timex um, MK1 chronograph, so I'll give a shout out to that product line again as well. Sweet deal. Uh, here, man, is it? Is it that time? Is that that sad time? Yeah, my pizza's here. Somebody's honking outside. <laughs> I was totally honking. You better get that pizza, dude. I don't know this what's is, happening. There's this so is much huge. honking. <laughs> here, here, you, you, here, you, you start it out, and I'll close it up. Uh, I'm gonna go get my pizza. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. Later.